It's 970 WAMD Aberdeen, and this is the Harford Edge, keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Harford County and beyond. I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Harford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby. The Harford Edge is brought to you each week by your Harford County Public Library. Today we'll be speaking with Ken Stasny, co-founder and CFO of Mood Swings. Good morning, Bob and Ken, who's joined us early this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, it was great to have you on. As I said, we have... a we have about 800 questions for you. There's so many <laughs> things that you wonder, like, how do they have meetings or have they, how do they throw people out of the band? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, usually a mutiny of the leadership. <laughs> Dennis Miller used to do this routine about, he, he said, I, I read that Izzy Stratton was thrown out of Guns N' Roses. He said, what the bleep do you have to do to get thrown out? <laughs> Of Guns and Roses. <laughs> so, no, we can't wait for that. And I do have a, a little bit of a rant, but we'll do that during the, the post-trivia educational phase. Okay. And so good. we'll get right into trivia. And Ken has said that he's probably the best trivia player no. he's no. ever met. So. <laughs> and you're the second best liar I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we'll get started with trivia. But uh, you're all, uh, many of you were unlucky because... You didn't get your tickets uh, to the HCPL Gala a week from today, and it's sold out. Uh, so you're not going to get to hear Mood Swings, but maybe we'll play some during the break. Um, as a matter of fact, we will. Anyway, we'll do some trivia. All right, sounds good. I'm trying to go easier on you. I heard a rumor that that the last couple sets of trivia were maybe a little too tricky. So No, well, uh, I, I just didn't like the... Um, the true false. The true false. <laughs> Got it. Uh. Okay. Um, the companies Hewlett Packard, Microsoft, and Apple were all started in a what? Garage. Yes. Okay. See, that was that was. That was easy. That was nice. A little warm up. Um, in humans, what is the only internal organ capable of regenerating lost tissue? The liver. Yes. <laughs> I'm hoping after last night on the deck till two in the morning with my kids that that is true. <laughs> Cross your fingers. Put it into the test right now, aren't you? <laughs> okay. Um, Ireland suffered the Great Famine beginning in 1845 due to the collapse of what crop? The potato. Potato, also related to drinking, <laughs> for those of us that enjoy vodka. You know, eight million. There were eight million people in Ireland um, at the beginning of that, and through death and um, emigration, uh, it went down uh, to under four million. Wow. Uh, and it was it was completely avoidable, but the British. Uh, uh, Minister of the Interior or whatever it was called, uh, subscribed to a different scientific theory about what was causing the potato blight. So they ignored the real cause, which was a fungus, mm -hmm. and they knew how to treat it uh, with uh, copper oxide or something because near smelting plants when, where they were smelting copper, the potatoes survived from the fallout from the... Um, from the, the smelting smokestack. But anyway. Interesting. See, he really knows a lot about a, right. a lot of different things. 
Well, I just read a book about it. The, gra- <laughs> the Graves Are Walking is what it was. Yeah. Brilliant book. Yeah. Anyway. Um, let's talk about a book. The Artful Dodger is a character from which novel? Um, Oliver Twist. Yes. Charles Dickens. Yes. I'm a huge Dickens fan. You want some more? Okay. The Black Forest is located in what European country? That would be Germany. Yes. In Bavaria. Yes. Which always makes me wonder, like, is Black Forest cake from Germany? And is that where they get Bavarian cream from? Like, I always connect things back to Well, food. French fries <laughs> aren't from France. I know. Well, <laughs> and I Belgian wonder. waffles. And what was <laughs> what was that t- tweet I read a few weeks ago? Um, are there, is there any pine in it? No. Um, <laughs> any apples? No. Okay, let's call it a pineapple. <laughs> or grape. Grape nuts. No grapes, no nuts. <laughs> okay, um, so a food question then. What is the Spanish word for a heated tortilla filled with cheese? Um, you can quesadilla? Say Good job, Ken. Ooh, I got one. Right. Quesadilla. I'm on the board. <laughs> <laughs> it's a team sport. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. I was going to say, I was going to miss it. I... I I just knew I was going to miss that because I wasn't along those lines. That's all right. Bob's good at trivia with uh, music, and I'm good at trivia with food. So I try to get both of them well, in there. <laughs> well, Ken and I could probably nail the music. I know. I thought about just doing all music, but then, you know, I would have, I would have, you all would have gotten everything right, and then I would have looked foolish. Um, the Grand Slam tournaments are the four most annual events. I'm sorry, most important annual events in which two sports. Golf and tennis. Yes. You want us to name them? Sure. I won't know if you got them right or not. So I'll make it up then. (laughs) No, golf, it's the Masters, U.S. Open, the British Open, and um, the PGA. And in tennis, it's the U.S. Open, Wimbledon, the French Open, and Australian Open. Sounds believable. Mm Mm-hmm. Good job, Bob. Well done. I could, but I could have literally you said that, you know, made anything Senegalese up open, you know. Or... <laughs> well, I might have questioned that one, but. <laughs> um, okay, so just one more question, and it's music related. Hallelujah is a song written by which Canadian recording artist? Uh, Leonard Cohen. Yes. One of my all-time favorites. And I think every person has covered it at some point in their career. <laughs> yeah, and Jeff Healy's... Yes. Uh, is what in the was what put it put it on the map. Put it on the map. Yeah. Jeff Healy was great, and he left mm-hmm. us way too soon. He drowned in the Mississippi River. Did he? In Memphis, when he was thirty-three. Um, okay, that was a music one. Yeah, that was music. That's all I got today. Um, I, I, I have one for for Ken. Okay. Uh, who were the three brothers? Who defected <laughs> to the United States from from then Czechoslovakia? Well, this could be good. If, in, see, in 1980. Can I turn the question over to Jim because we were just talking about that uh, this oh, morning? Okay. Before you got but uh, yeah, it's a great story. Um, distant cousin Peter and his brother Mario and Anton. Peter was the best, though. Peter made it to the NHL Hall of Fame, and Peter's son. Now plays for the St. Louis Blues and is Paul Stastny. Okay, and doesn't he have another son that's kicking around? In Jan, I don't know. Jan, I think. Yeah, could be. Yeah, the Quebec yeah. Nordiques. Quebec Nordiques, exactly. I mean, well, I was a 
believe I was a New York Islanders season ticket holder way back then. All right, terrific. Um, and who was the? Oh, I have one for you. He was this has the second most points uh, of any Slovakian, a Slovenian, uh, Slovakia. Uh, well, a Czechoslovakian okay. before, before it split. Um, but who was the first? Who has the most points? If it's not Peter, I don't know. <laughs> Stan Makita. Stan Makita? Okay. I remember that. It was it with three brothers. <laughs> and they were one of the first to defect. Exactly. From was, an Eastern Bloc country. Right. It was all part of that miracle and ice year where the United uh, States actually beat Czechoslovakia in the first round, which was the first of several upsets that eventually led to the United States beating Russia and then Finland for the championship for the gold. Uh, I'll never forget that. Yeah. The only bad thing, it was on tape. <laughs> uh, the Friday night game right. against Russia, was, which was the semifinal. Exactly. Or no, not even, was it even a semifinal? It was, the, the Russian was the semifinals, right. And the game was played at like four in the afternoon and naturally uh, national TV aired it at, at eight. And I was in college and one of my roommates came in and he knew we were watching a tape game. He goes, I'm not going to tell you what happened, but it's great. <laughs> okay. You know, unless you're wearing like a red star hat, you know, or a hammer and sickle, we pretty much could figure it out right. why it was great. Okay. So is that, was that the, the end of the trivia? That's it. It was okay. easy today. Okay. You guys did great. Uh, yeah, well, we, uh, we ham and egged it a little bit. We're going to do just a little bit. We want to get right uh, to the interview and then, because we have a lot to talk about um, on that, as well as a lot of other library things. But as I mentioned to you folks before the show, I, I was in, uh, I was getting gas and I stopped into the convenience store and I noticed there was five people there. Between them, they had to have bought over $100 worth of lottery tickets. And it was a Friday, so maybe it was payday or whatever the case may be. But uh, I don't want to make judgments, but it looked like most of them didn't look like they had a lot of disposable income. Um, so I looked it up, and there's 43 states where lotteries are legal, and over $70 billion is spent by folks on lotteries, more than sports. Uh, tickets, books, video games, movie tics, tickets, and recorded music sales um, in all 50 states combined. Uh, Massachusetts, Delaware, New York, Maryland, uh, Connecticut, it's about $800 per capita, which is mind-boggling um, when you think about it. The lottery set aside just under 40% of these ticket sales as state revenue. Um, then the winners, anybody who wins more than 600, are also subject to a 45% windfall tax on their good fortune. Um, uh, the poorest third of households buy 60% of the lotto tickets. Um, and 60% of uh, respondents of, to a poll say they do it for the money rather than fun. Uh, lot, lottery ticket sales rise with poverty. 
but movie ticket sales do not. Uh, it's what researchers call the desperation hypothesis. Um, and the money that does go to schools ends up, it doesn't cause an increase in school expenditures. They just replace what they've already budgeted for schools with the lottery money, and then the money it frees up goes to general fund things. So anyway, I just wanted to get that info, info out there uh, worth some reflection. But it going away, I mean, that's like trying to they say put the toothpaste back in the tube. <laughs> what yeah. do you think? I mean, do you I'm, think it's a regressive tax? I mean, I think it's an excessive tax. I think that they're certainly getting their share. Uh, that's probably not going to stop me from trying for the Powerball when it's at like five hundred million dollars. Um, you know, regardless of where that money's going, I'm one of those people that's still going to spend that dollar or two to try to get to retire early <laughs> well no i i if i'm in there and the and the clerk says to me you know i don't even I keep track of it, but he said he'll say power balls at 800 million i say sure uh ken what are your, your thoughts are on that or you think it's yeah I, I suppose it's a very individual personal um situation whether as to how or why you might participate um any lottery ticket i have is usually a, a gift from someone and, and uh, in fact, a friend of mine, Tina, gave me a lottery ticket for a housewarming present, and I still got it in my back pocket, so I haven't cashed it in yet. Oh, really? <laughs> it's a you know six dollar winning, so right. So, and what I've what I've noticed is that people that when they win something like six dollars, they'll just go back and just buy six more dollars worth of tickets. I'm mm -hmm. like, well, what's the point? You're never gonna, <laughs> you're never gonna uh, walk away with the winning. So for me, it'll it'll buy my uh, diet coke on the way home from a band gig at two o'clock <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> and I'll thank Dina for it. This will keep you awake on the way home. Oh, that's great. Okay, well, we want to get right into this. So, um, what do you say we take a break? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Ken Stastny of Mood Swings. The Hartford County Public Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public with hands-on training for area community members ages 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources, and products that will help to drive Harford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MarketBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer. 3D creation software including MarketBot and PrinterBot, 123D Make and 123D Design, professional green screen with Studio Lightbox and both Apple and Windows computers, all to help create your electronic video, audio publishing and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road. Chain, 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 chain,
Welcome back. I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Hartford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby, and this is the Hartford Edge. We're delighted to have Ken Stasny in the studio with us today. Ken is the co-founder and CFO of Mood Swings, the band that, quite frankly, puts on the best show around. <laughs> Welcome, Ken, and thanks so much for coming on. It's terrific to be here. Thank you for having me. And we also have the other 24 members. You can hear them in the background with us as well <laughs> before I bring that totally down. Good stuff. Uh, Thank you. So many, uh, so many things to talk about. Um, Tell us, uh, first of all, what Mood Swings is. Then we want to hear how you guys got started. and uh, Then we want to hear how you manage this thing <laughs> and keep it so fresh and lively and organized. But how did you guys start? Uh, it actually, amazingly enough, started as a phone call from my uh, uh, high school uh, band president, late great Charlie Freitag of the uh, Calvert Hall High School Band. And every year, Calvert Hall would put on a uh, performance for 4th of July at the uh, Dundalk Heritage Fair. And it's always during the summer, <clears throat> so a lot of times you have graduating seniors that uh, might not be available to, to perform with the dance band, which is a band similar to what Mood Swings is today. And so Charlie would call me up and say, hey, can you sit in? for the performance. And so I'd probably do it every other year or so. And this is the, probably the spring of 1995 um, when I got this call. And so before the first practice, he then called me back and said, actually, we lost a lot of good seniors this year um, that can't make it back for the performance. Do you have maybe three or four others that you can um, find to bring out? Whether they're Calvert Hall graduates or not, it'd be great, but you know, do what you can do. And he knew that I had connections because at the time I was actually the controller and uh, played saxophone with the Baltimore Colts marching band. And uh, this is before the Ravens even came to town. Um, and uh, so, you know, at a rehearsal, talking to people like, hey, looking for a trumpet player, looking for a drummer. <clears throat> and ended up getting about 20 people <laughs> said, yeah, I'd love to sit in with you. And so I called up my band president, you know, the Charlie Freitag and said, Whatever you need, whatever you need, we're good. Just let me know when the next rehearsal is. So he said, okay, I'll be in touch. <clears throat> and he called me back and said, all right, I need a total of 12. <laughs> and, uh, and then long story short, he uh, decided to cancel the performance because it was so many substitutes that it was hard to tell everybody that this is, you know, the Calvert Hall band when um, a lot of us couldn't uh, be there from the, from the student perspective. And um, so it was very disappointing to everybody that I had been talking to. And they're like, you know, we were really looking forward to, to playing that kind of music again. Because um, a lot of these people were just like me, where we played dance band music, big band music in high school, and just didn't have a way to do that anymore. And the closest thing that we had was performing with the Baltimore Colts marching band. And uh, so the word just got out, including our band president, Jack, who was at the time the drum major of the Baltimore Colts marching band, as well as vice president of the band. It's like, well, let's just sort of do something, you know, let's, let's you know, make it happen. And uh, so we got together one night at Bennigan's, <laughs> uh, which is now the Power Plant Live. Um, I think it's uh, oh Lucky's Bar and Tavern now. I remember the exact table where we sat. And uh, we just talked about what do we want to do with the concept of creating a band like this. Recognized that all of us loved and 
you know, uh, were part of the Baltimore Colts marching band, very active with that band, and, you know, rehearsed every Wednesday out in the Social Security parking lot mall. Um, <laughs> and so it started that way, and uh, we just kind of kept it going and growing from there, um, all based around the philosophy of we're used to being volunteers for, you know, the Baltimore Colts marching band, volunteers for performing music. We just love to do it. And, uh, and that's the best way to keep it fresh is to have it something that you're doing, you know, really for the pure enjoyment of it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't know if you know, probably know Carrie Ziegler. Yes, uh, very expensive hobby. Uh, yeah, that's the name of his band. And he's probably one of the best, one of the best basses, bassists to ever come down the pike yes, uh, yeah. but he has his band is called carrie ziegler's expensive hobby <laughs> <laughs> and since you're the controller right or cfo <laughs> i guess no one knows that better than you exactly what you, what are you what are your instruments i play the saxophone okay um, there's a <clears throat> number of saxophones in that uh, in that family and i play generally the alto saxophone um, but also play a little bit of the soprano saxophone okay when did you realize you were that good and you loved it so much I'm not sure if i realized that yet <laughs> um and I'll, I'll tell you it's a funny story the very first time that i got my saxophone i was in fourth grade and uh you know excited to be able to finally play an instrument because my dad played the banjo my grandfather played the banjo um i'm the youngest of four children so oldest brother glenn played the trumpet next brother steve played the trombone sister played the flute and so I said to my dad, you know, hey, I want to play the saxophone. And can we get it right away so that you can start teaching me? And he's like, I don't know how to play the saxophone. I'm like, well, how am I going to learn? I want to get a head start on school. He's like, no, you just got to learn like everybody else. So uh, first day at, at quote-unquote band practice is actually like a sectional rehearsal where it's just the saxophones. And for whatever reason, it, it took an extra bit of time for my saxophone to get to the room that we were rehearsing. So I missed the first five minutes of the lesson and by the time my saxophone got there they were off and running you know blowing the horn doing things and so I kind of had to catch up not quite sure remembering how to put the saxophone together and everything so I'm okay I think I'm caught up and they're like okay hold your hands like this and blow like this and everybody else goes hur, hur, hur. I go it's <laughs> <laughs> just nothing <laughs> I'm like okay I don't know gotta try something different and it's like a half an hour class. And that entire half an hour, I never got one note Aww. to come out of the horn. And uh, it was like six of us or so. So the teacher couldn't spend too much time with any one individual. But as I'm breaking it down, I think she could tell I was disappointed. And I guess she knew I couldn't make a sound. <laughs> and then she realized, Ken, that, what you're blowing into, that's actually the cap of the mouthpiece you have to take the cap <laughs> off because <laughs> i'm looking like so these... that's fine <laughs> i'm looking at these three little holes like i think that's where you're supposed to blow the air through the three holes but no there's actually a reed in there and there's a lot more going on so uh... and you said i knew that <laughs> so so now i'm all excited i finally because now I, I knew what to do so i took it home that night and you know, the, the saxophone, even though it's a small saxophone, relatively an alto, it's about half the size of my body at that point. And I didn't have a music stand, but they had music, and, you know, my dad could teach me, okay, do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And so to read the music, I would put the saxophone on the ground and, like, lean on it to see the music on the ground. 
and I would do this every day for like a week. And after a week, if you look at the bell, which is like the bottom of the saxophone, the whole front side of it was bent <laughs> because I had put so much weight on it, bending it. So it became kind of like my Dizzy Gillespie signature bell. Oh, bend. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so at that point, I knew, wow, I must have the passion to, to really love to do this. So probably fourth grade would be the long answer to your question. <laughs> but you didn't get those puffed cheeks, cheeks like Dizzy, oh, did you? I do. I do. Uh, <laughs> Not, so, on, not on purpose, but it, it happens. But So at this point, your writing really flourished, too, because you found out what a pen could do without a cap on it, right? Soda bottle, it's so much happens when you take the cap off. <laughs> All new worlds were discovered. Uh, so the band itself, first of all, you guys are, uh, are just amazing. Uh, it's uh, 25... It can be as high as 25 members. On uh, stage, yes. Yep. On stage, right. plus a, a crew of three. And um, seven singers, which I love. <laughs> um, the first time I saw you, I, 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 I saw the lineup up there, and I, I thought some women had come from the audience <laughs> and just decided to start. Then I heard them sing, and I said, no, these aren't audience <laughs> So, uh, mood swings. Um, by the way, I tell my wife sometimes if she joined a band, that <laughs> that should be the band she joined. <laughs> uh, how'd you get? Uh, how'd you, how did you get that name? Um, going back again to that Bennigan's meeting, it's a very similar situation. Um, again, being part of that Baltimore Colts band, and, and uh, a lot of us being part of the administration of the band, <clears throat> we actually like to meet a lot. So. Whereas a lot of quote-unquote garage bands um, get started in a garage. <laughs> and um, computer companies. And computer right. companies. Um, we kind of get started at diners. You know, we would sit down maybe after a band rehearsal or um, you know, just to get together and just talk about what do we want to do with this as opposed to... Because to me, at the end of the day, playing the music... You know, it's, it's not rocket science. It's, it's something you have to have the passion for and the creativity for. But it's not like you have to, you know, invent something that's going to change the world. Um, so, so we talk about it a lot. And so one of these meetings, it's, okay, what kind of music is the band going to play? What kind of music is the band not going to play? What are we going to do? Okay, we need a name. So someone came up with the idea of, okay, just everybody write down their favorite song. Yes, for what mood swings, or if we didn't know the name at the time, but for what this band would be, write down your favorite song. And then just write down one word that you just wanted to be associated with. And amazingly enough, of the 20 people of us that were at that meeting, a good half of us probably wrote down, what I wrote down is uh, my favorite big band song, which is Glenn Miller's In The Mood. So, so we turned song. over the, 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 the slips of paper, in the mood, in the mood, in the mood, put it up on the chalkboard, okay, in the mood. And then it's a bunch of the one word. So that's where we, you know, out of 20 people, we probably had 18 different words. And I'm not sure which one was the most popular, but we just kind of put in the mood and all these different words. <clears throat> and then it was actually Jack, our band president, that looked and saw swing and mood. He said, mood, mood swings. 
I'm a psychiatrist. <laughs> and mood swings, I think that's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so mood swings it was. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. <clears throat> and then from then, we became known as... Aren't you the band of all the psychiatrists? <laughs> oh, really? How many? Uh... So many people come up to us and say, you're the band of all the psychiatrists, or all the doctors, right? And, you know, our band president, Jack, he's a doctor, um, psychiatrist. And, you know, one of the singers is actually a nurse that works with him. And so there are a couple of us in that field. So what I tell them is, no, but we're either all doctors or his patients. <laughs> <laughs> Often both at the same time. Right. <laughs> Well, that's, um, uh, and let's just stop for a second. It's mood swings, and if people are listening or afterwards, uh, moodswings.com, if they want to go exactly. find out more about you folks. You have your gigs up there, what's sure. coming up. Mm -hmm. um, some uh, next Friday at the Library Gala, and that's got to be several years in a row, right? At least five, five or six, I believe, yes. Mm -hmm. Played a few presidential uh, family weddings and that's true. Uh, yes, and the uh, White House once as well. And just um, when is your next gig? That uh, for those that um, weren't able to get tickets to the gala, is, is that off the top of your head or is off the top of my head? I know uh, um, in Towson we do a um, you know Christmas holiday kind of uh, event. I think it's called Rob Runs Rockin' Holiday Party or something. Um, and uh, we'll find out. I believe the first Saturday in December. So that'd be December second. Maybe ninth then. Yep. Yeah. Towson American Legion. Rob. Yeah, Rob Runs Christmas Party. December 9th. December 9th. Towson American Legion. Yes. And then January sixth. Oh, you're playing a wedding at Ramshead Live. That should be fun. And, uh, um, that's actually for one of our singers in the band. She oh, loves, really? She loves okay. us so much. He wanted to have us play. The, but what I, but I think it's great is that we're going to play the wedding, and then for the last hour, we're not going to play it, so we can actually be normal guests at her wedding. And it's and it's great that she's thought so much of us to have us uh, perform at her wedding. It, it should be, I think, one of our favorite performances of the year. To, to well, to I, I hate to tell uh, the Calvert Hall folks out there, but on March 17th, Mood Swings is playing a Loyola Blue and Gold. Yeah, that's a tough dinner. one. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've, we've brokered a deal where every other year we'll switch and we'll do uh, Loyola High School one year and then Calvert Hall the next year because Calvert Hall always has a big uh, um, gala to honor their alumni and it usually conflicts with Loyola as as it should. <laughs> it's, it's, it's only right. Keep that tradition going. Uh, so, um, having a band this big, you mentioned the president, you mentioned CFO, you mentioned psychiatry. <laughs> um, what are some of the things you've learned about managing? First of all, musicians and performers have to be somewhat unfettered, but at the same time, they, has to be a lot of discipline, uh, sure. to get, to have over 20 people be in sync um, and to have them, I guess, uh, subordinate themselves to the band, which is often hard sure. for performers, and um, I, and they want their songs that they sing or that they're featured in um, to be at the top of the list. What are some of the uh, advice you can give us, some of the things you've learned on the challenges 
along those lines and sure. how you guys manage them. I'm not sure if there's any single magic formula, but uh, I think the one thing that um, we appreciate with the band is that it's 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 people. Um, so well before anyone joins the band uh, or well before we bring anyone into the band, we're going to get to know you as an individual. Um, and so for the most part, people that are in the band are people that we're already friends with, someone that we've already known for quite some time. And since now we've had some history, um, people really know what they're getting into when they say, hey, can I join the band? Early on, it was you know, a little different because we were evolving and, and the biggest challenge really is, is schedule. Um, our first couple of years, um, we just caught a tidal wave of the swing music. Swing era came back real big time. You know, the Brian Setzer Orchestra, Cherry Poppin' Daddies. And, you know, we became like a club band. You know, the, remember a place in Annapolis called uh, Planet Hollywood. They just, you know, tried us out on a Monday night. I mean, we, you know, had such a great time, grew a great crowd that he wanted us back every Monday night. And it's like, okay, no, can you do a Friday night? And then it was every Friday night. And then another club wanted every Thursday. So at one point, we were actually playing every Monday, Thursday, Friday at three different clubs. Hmm. And before you know it, we're having schedule difficulties. I can't be there. I've got a family. I've got kids. And, and so we went from playing, you know, just rehearsals to over 70 performances in, in a um, in, a, in a year and seven performances in a week, sometimes three a day. And uh, so it really became finding the right mix of people that wanted to have the right experience, the same experience. And so, you know, people ask you, me, you know, are you available to perform this particular date? And it's really a tough answer because my job, because I, I, I do the, the bookings for the band, is, is to work with the band to say, all right, for next year, 2018, how many performances do you feel comfortable doing? And for 2017, the number was 23. Um, and that's moved, as I said, from 70 at the peak, you know, down to 23 manageable performances. So my quote unquote job is booking the band is, let's find the best 23 performances we can do. And it's and it's tough when a bride calls you up and say, "Are you available on June 3rd?" I see on your website that you're available. That you don't have anything booked that date. I'm like, yeah, sort of. <laughs> um, and and I have to explain it just like that. And I, and I think when they hear that, they appreciate that because, again, it's not, you know, Paul and Ringo and a four-piece band. It's 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 25 families that we're we're working with. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> do, you, do you have? Um sort of a uh a, a mini uh for instance you know the bso may have a, a string quintet right. uh, or whatever the case may be uh that uh, of folks who you perform a paired back right. mood swings and people who may want to work more sure it, it's a um, great question and the answer is all of the above i guess would be uh the way i start we have what we refer to as our combo and especially for something like a wedding where you've got like a cocktail reception, <clears throat> maybe a quiet dinner hour or something like that. And so we'll offer a four, five piece combo. 
usually Jack, uh, our band president on saxophone, supplemented by a rhythm section. And it's great for <clears throat> the early part of an evening. Um, and it's amazing how many requests I get for, well, can I just have a smaller version of mood swings? And that's another tough one to answer because theoretically we could do something. And in fact, you know, maybe 10 years ago in our evolution, when we were trying to deal with, okay, this half of the band wants to play a hundred times a year, whereas this half of the band wants to play once a month. So how do we manage that? And so we created kind of mini mood swings, or we called it our 12 piece. You know, felt like we were offering chicken dinners or something <laughs> like that. You can have our 12 piece, you can have our eight piece. <laughs> um, and, and, it, and it really took on a different flavor. That's the thing I thought was most amazing about it is the style of music actually changed a bit um, because you're dealing with a different mix. It's a different ingredients. The soup doesn't taste the same when, you, when you've got different ingredients. Um, <clears throat> not that one was necessarily better or worse than the other. They, they just really were different. And uh, I guess just through the evolution of everybody getting older, starting families, the number of people that wanted to move towards the, I'll play just once a month as opposed to 100 times a year, you know, kind of moved us all into a single direction that said, okay, twice a month makes sense for most everybody. So, uh, so really today we just, just offer Mood Swings Big Band. And then if you want to supplement that for an appetizer, we offer the, <laughs> the, the, uh, the chicken fingers of, uh, moods, uh, of, of the combo. Um, but you know, in a pinch, if there's some real logistical reason why putting together a 12 piece for this one special event and you know if, if the circumstances were together we could do that but again it would be a bit of a different flavored soup <laughs> um but it would still be good but it wouldn't be you know it wouldn't be the, the the mood swings that i think we're all getting used to now well one thing that's noticeable when when you folks play is i have an expensive hobby too i have a uh part-time uh, concert production business with a with a buddy of mine. Terrific, we, we do about five shows a year. Uh, we just try to bring good music to Hartford County. We either do it at the Chesapeake Theater, at Hartford Community College, or the Bel Air Armory. Two fifty to three hundred folks, and um, so, and we have a ten piece band coming in March. You probably know Glenn Workman and Ben sure. Sherman. Yes, they have a phenomenal Steely Dan band, and Glenn, just an amazing musician, but he had to contact 10 people. Right. <laughs> this was March 3rd, and, 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 and they all play in other bands. Right. Um, and so I imagine that it, that must be difficult, so it, that probably leads to saying, well, let's just stick with the whole band and, you know, we'll do it or, or not, depending on that. Because I know the point I'm making is, watching you folks play, it doesn't look like, you know, any nothing sounds plugged in. Like you don't, you're, you're not like foundering, looking at each other. Who's going to take this solo? Um, and this, and whatever solo it is, it blends well. It doesn't feel like, a, you know, okay, Gary, just, you know, take this. Take because, the turn, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, Whatever the case may be, so and it, it you can tell, and that's what I think what makes it so seamless and spontaneous at the same time. Yeah, and if I, if I made the uh, to make that point um, even further, is is it's not just 
the musical aspect. But the one thing with mood swings is we're very, I'm sure if athletic is the right word, but we're very into the physical movements. There's a lot of choreography. Choreography, right? yes. And it goes back to our, our roots as we were members of a marching band. It was halftime show. So that was one of our original concepts when we sat down at Bennigan and said, what are we going to do? It's like, we're going to bring a halftime show to, you know, a, a modern music dance experience. Eminem, as it's called, right? Releasing drum corps. Yeah, okay, March, right. Marching and maneuvering. Marching and maneuvering, right. Eight, <laughs> eight to five. <laughs> and uh, uh, Jack is great at this because, you know, Jack can be the perfect drum major. But you don't want a marching band at your, you know, dance event. You want show people. So when we have a rehearsal, which isn't too often anymore, and we say, all right, we're going to do this choreographed floor show or or something to do with this song, you know, we kind of like what you're talking about, just like, all right, you try this, you try that, and we're doing that at a rehearsal, and we figure out what works. And then Jack is really the one that's watching us, is like, you all look like you're still in marching band. <laughs> you got to <laughs> loosen up. You got to have fun. You got to, you know, interact with the audience because it's not about Eminem. It's about you and me. <laughs> and GE. <laughs> GE, okay, that's a new one. What's... That's also from Drunk drum and bugle corps, okay. which I have a little roots in. It's Terrific. general effect. General effect. They're, oh, yeah. They're scored, general effect points, right. <laughs> they're scored on drum, drum line, horn right. line, color guard, marching and maneuvering, maneuvering and general and effect. General effect. Yeah, terrific. Um, so, so, so we do that. And so, and we can do that well, and we can do it pretty complicated and pretty athletic because we all know what we're all doing. But every once in a while, you know, Someone will leave the band and someone new will come in. I remember this one time, um, his name's Xavier. He came in uh, um, contacts through uh, my college, Loyola University. And uh, so, he's, so he's at rehearsal. I think we had one rehearsal before his first gig. Um, again, playing, playing trombone. And he's like, you know, Ken... I can't do these moves and read the music at the same time. You got to pick. I mean, I got to do one or the other. I'm like, well, do the moves <laughs> because if you don't do the moves, you're going to get hurt. <laughs> and he, he was like, he, he's like, he understood right from then and there that that you know, this is what it's about. It's about doing something that's different. And again, reading the music, you know, that's something that that's your homework. Get that done. Um, yeah, I think for the most part, I, you know, I've got 99.9% .9 of all my music memorized. I, there's a music stand in front of me, but I never look at it. You know, I'm always looking at the audience because it's just, it's just, I've been doing it, you know, so long that it's all memorized. And that's what makes it great because I can connect with the audience. And, and I think that's what you see with the band is, is that we all know the music that we're doing and the performance is what it's all about. It's not about, you know, because we're, you know, we're not doing... Beethoven sits here. We're doing, you know, we're doing music that people want to dance to and have fun, mm -hmm. and, uh, and well, that's really, what really put the show on. The, the, everybody who's ever played in the studio with Steely Dan uh, said that they, you know, you have guys like Chuck Rainey and Bernard Purdy and Tom Scott and these phenomenal musicians, and Steely Dan would make them play the song 70, 80, 90 times. Yeah. And they said their philosophy was we're going to do this so much and know it so well 
And then, and only then can it be spontaneous. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Parker had the same theory with, with jazz improv improvisation. Um, you know, know all the theory, you know, practice all the theory, do all that. And as soon as you start the performance, forget it all. And Interesting. That's <laughs> well, uh, speaking on that, um, managing the governance of, of this i can't i can't imagine what comes in for instance like it can't be democracy <laughs> where as a uh, ben franklin said a democracy is a uh, two wolves and a sheep voting over what to have for lunch, lunch. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, so how's decision making done yeah it's a, another great question um and, it, and it, again, it goes back to that, that whole Bennigan's concept where, where we sit down and we talk philosophy. But at the end of the day, um, and, and, you know, Jack will even say this at, at a rehearsal, you know, democracies don't work. <laughs> um, it, it's, you know, we absolutely welcome the input and you got to have that um, and the discussion. And, uh, and especially early on, there were there were challenges. But um, but again, as 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 the group has really evolved to where we're at now, it's it's become a lot easier uh, to uh, to manage because I think, again, by now, if you're joining the band, you really know what we're all about. Whereas 18 years ago, we were still finding what we're all about. And so it was uh, tough for everybody to be on the same page. But right now we really are. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I think probably the biggest, toughest decision that we we have to make is do you want to do this gig that we just got offered um because the rule of thumb that we have i mentioned you know 23 gigs in the in the year and so that means basically two a month and so what we've always said is we'll do if it's if the, if the month is four weeks we'll do two if the month's five weeks we can do three um and we don't want to do three weekends in a row and um and that's great in theory, but, uh, you know, every once in a while you get a call and like, oh, oh yeah, we really, it really would be, you know, nice to do that performance. Everybody would love it. So, yeah, and as I mentioned, I, I, um, you know, Jack and I have known each other since 1985 when I joined the Baltimore Colts marching band. He was a uh, drum major and I became saxophone section leader. Um, so, so we really work well together and uh, Mike, the other um third person in the leadership, chief operating officer. And he and I went to Coward Hall High School together. So we've known each other since, you know, 40 years almost. Um, so the three of us kind of really work well together. And, uh, you know, in booking these performances every once in a while, you know, I looked down and I was getting like, no, oh, if I take this one, it's going to mean four weekends in a row. And uh, so I did that once. And I, so I emailed the band ahead of time, like, this is a really... I think we'll all love to do this gig. Who's in? Who's not? We do that. And for the most part, it works out. And if you check the schedules, you know, ahead of time. Because usually we're, we're booking a year ahead of time. But uh, this year was, um, you know, quite a story about maybe mid-May or June or so. We got an inquiry um, saying, hey, um, we saw you at a wedding in D.C. And we want to bring you to our parents' um, uh, party they're celebrating her 70th birthday in chattanooga tennessee i'm like oh you know, for 25 of us we can't 
travel like that. It's just, it's just like, I'm not going to take no for an answer. <laughs> yeah, well, we, that's one of the things we wanted to ask you. Like, uh, I, we can't do it. Half a million dollars. Uh, okay. Uh, what date is that? <laughs> and it came down to something quite like that because she got on the phone. She's like, we're going to book you as long as it's nothing unreasonable like X dollars or whatever. And like, and so I was talking to her and I went with the band said, all right, what's it going to take for us to do this? And the answer really is, wasn't necessarily about the money. I mean, it certainly is about the money to get us there and all that because of the transportation, but it's about the family experience. And what I heard, got back was, well, if I can bring my family to Chattanooga for the weekend, and maybe we can make that our summer vacation, then okay, maybe. And I was like, wow, maybe this will work. So I called her up like, you won't believe this, but this is what we need. We need 25 hotel rooms for two nights <laughs> and, uh, you know, bus transportation. And we need something for the families to do while we're doing the performance. And they went crazy helping us book the hotel. We actually booked a, like a bed and breakfast area where we're 25 hotel rooms, booked the whole place. It became Mood Swings Compound for the weekend. And then they set up a tour of, um, uh, what's, uh, what's called Lookout Mountain, um, all these rock uh, things and uh, activities for the kids and made a whole weekend. It did the whole thing for us, and that's what got us there. And that ended up being <clears throat> filled in the gap so that now we played seven weekends in a row this year. Oh, my <laughs> And so actually for the band, uh, oh, that's I, great. I had T-shirts made up saying, I survived the summer of 2017 with mood swings. <laughs> and, and you didn't trash the place near as much as Led Zeppelin would have. <laughs> even had a hot tub and all that kind of stuff but you know by the time we got there on friday night, i guess it was you know it was off the bed and then all the activities on saturday and then the performance and the performance went till because they had midnight fireworks over over top of this mountaintop it was beautiful it's actually there's on, on our website you can actually see a bit of the uh um fireworks performance at this at, at this event and uh that so website like, is moodswings.com yes and, uh, uh, and check it out um that's uh that's great. Well, you know, as you know, as I, I've seen some doozies of riders, <laughs> right? That performers, and I, we're small time. But there's sure. like we had one performer uh, after sound check, uh, it's in his contract half a pint of Jameson, wow. not a pint, half a pint in parentheses. Because <laughs> probably he would drink the whole pint if you provide it for him. He can only perform with half. So that's an interesting rider right. uh, that you, you uh, negotiated with right. them. The families must approve all performances. <laughs> uh, a few more things, and we'll uh, actually we're going to skip the break because we have, uh, we want to talk about the galley that you're playing at. Uh, what do you? What is some? How how to word this? Well, you, the, who? What's the type of person you just know is not going to work in the band? Will you just? You don't even have to think about it. You, the three of you just like look at each other and give a thumbs down. Um, I always see it that you know I can I can any any challenge can be overcome. So I can't say I necessarily identified or pinpoint a person because I think by the time. Well, let me, let me put it this way. Um, so a person approaches and say, you know, I want to join the band. The first thing I do is come to a performance. Make sure you've seen us perform. And 
that person I think is going to come to the immediate conclusion, okay, you do something entirely different than what I do. If, if you're a person that's all about just being the studio musician, and, and we have some of those that, that are great studio musicians, um, but you're, you're either going to buy into the performance philosophy or not. And if you don't, then you're not going to be um, part of Bootswinks. Anybody who's a, what do you do with a chatty Kathy who wants to always be <laughs> giving his or her two cents into the mic? Uh, who owns the, who, who owns the mic? Like that. <laughs> uh, uh, this would be a great question for Jack as a, as a psychiatrist. He'll say that the unique aspect about the individuals that are in mood swings is for the most part, we are all introverts. Um, very quiet people. And, you know, I'm an accountant. You know, Mike's an accountant. Like, who in the world would think a CPA would be doing this at night? <laughs> um, it, it, and, and it really is. It, for everybody that's on that stage, it, you, we're very different on stage than what we are. It's like when, the Nutty Professor? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> a, 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 the, the Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, really different. And, and I think what it is, is, is everybody, it's a release for us. It's an athletic exercise event for us it's a it's a fun thing to do outside of for the most part what is your day job entirely outside of the world of music uh i love your uh i think this is your quote or maybe it's uh it, it, i i never stop loving those expressions of his amazement at the folks on the dance floor who look like they're having the time of their lives with a band that definitely having the time of their lives too Perfect way to sum it up. That's just great. Mood swings. And let's just, uh, we'll skip the break. Okay. Um, I do want to play um, towards the end a minute or two of, is Twisting the Night Away a good one? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but let's talk about the library, what's coming up, including the gala, um, as well as one of the other billion things that you folks have cooked <laughs> up every week. It's amazing. All right. Um well, I'd love to talk about some of the other things that we're doing, and maybe we'll end with talking about the gala, so maybe Ken can weigh in on that as well. Um, so this is Halloween week, so we have some fun stuff planned. Um, and as usual, we're, uh, we like to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and kind of offer something for everyone. So tonight, if you're not doing anything, at the Bel Air Library from 6 to 8 p.m., we have humans versus zombies. Um, so it's how long will you survive the apocalypse? This can't end well. I mean, it's going to be fun. So human players, they must remain vigilant and de defend themselves with socks and dart blasters to avoid being tagged by a growing zombie horde. You are to bring your own nerf type yeah. blasters. Registration required. Um, we're also going to have that um, at Habit of Grace Library tomorrow night if you can't make it tonight. but Someone's going to have tomorrow. their eye put out it's, tonight. I mean, it's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to turn into a zombie tonight? I mean, come on. Um, then, to, uh, not tomorrow, Sunday, October 29th from 2 to 3 p.m., um, Jarrett'sville Library, we're going to be painting pumpkins. So this is for grades K through 5. Um, we're going to have you decorate mini pumpkins using paints, markers, stickers, um, and this is, you know, just for, um, in time for Halloween, and it's funded by the Jarrett'sville Friends of um, HCPL. Um, Falston Library, Wednesday, this Wednesday, November 1st, at 6.30, we're going to have one of our living history presentations, um, and this is on Sally Ride. 
1983, she became America's first female astronaut and its youngest. So what was it like to be our first woman in space? Um, and Marianne Jung's portrayal of Dr. Sally Ride will delight and surprise you with her unique and challenging adventures. This is something I'm super excited about. Um, and it's funded by the False and Friends of HCPL. Uh, then Thursday at Norrisville Library at 7 p.m., we have the wildlife of Harford County. So we're going to have Eden Mill naturalist Frank Marsden um, talking about um, the treasures that Eden Mill offers while sharing 25, actually over 25 years of photography of the wildlife within Harford County. So that's going to be fun. Um, and then I just want to remind our listeners that we have our new mobile print service at our branches. So you can use your personal computer or your mobile device to print to the library's printer from anywhere. So you just submit your documents for printing and then come to the library to release and pick them up using your library card. So just trying to make your life a little bit more convenient, a little bit easier for you guys. Um, and then we have our library gala. So a uh, week, Seven. How many a week, people? eight days. How many it's, it's, it's 600? It's like 700 people. 700. Total, I think, yeah, with volunteers and, and staff and all that. So 725 totally, with the band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and totally sold 728 out. at the, uh, <laughs> the crew. <laughs> sold out in uh, 14 minutes this year. Um, I don't know that that's a record, but it sounds like every year it just sells out a little bit more quickly. So it's uh, November 4th. So it's next Saturday night. Um, and we have that every year at Abingdon Library. Um, if you haven't been, um, definitely try to make it next year. Um, you know, reach out now if you are interested in sponsoring. You know, sponsorship, sponsorships come with tickets. So that might be a way to, to get in for next year if you can't get in in, in those 14 minutes. Um, but we're, we're super excited. This year's theme is La La Library, um, loosely based on the, the film. Um, kind of the flavor of singing in the rain. If you haven't seen La La, La Library, that's, that's kind of the flavor that we're looking for. Super excited to have mood swings there. <laughs> Good morning. My first gala, so I am ready to, to dance the night away for sure. And I don't know if the library was designed, that particular building was designed for this event, but it, I, how would, for, for you folks, as far as the monitor and your, and your acoustics, because it's great out that, there, that atrium. Yeah, I was going to say that atrium, we look forward to setting up there because it's. You know, and we even show up really early, so we can have like a little bit of rehearsal time to just—it's just the perfect environment. I mean, as a guest, you can get right there in the middle of it, or you can back away and get another oyster and cocktail, and and it's just—it's just a perfect venue. Mm -hmm. uh, you, and I don't know if you do, but you should have a picture on your website from outside, because it's a beautiful view at night of mm -hmm. the band playing um, from uh, outside the building. That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to say anything that you can't hear the band. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, uh, th that's great. Anybody, uh, so much goes into this, uh, the, the gal. It really is amazing. Any um, any folks you want to recognize? Uh, certainly the whole team at, in the library and how much work is done. But some big sponsors always step up to the plate for the library foundation they do, they do. and there are tons of sponsors just this, this year um just to name a few our presenting sponsors uh richardson's um saxon's diamond centers waste industries wegman's klein stepped up this year as well um our headlining sponsors um m and bank events by i did it myself frank hayjack and associates i-95 business the daily record 
the Kelly Group, Heart to Heart Transportation, Lorapin, WebIXI, you know, those guys, they never support anything over WebIXI. Oh, the Chambers. <laughs> the Chambers brothers, I Chambers. call them, even though they're father and brother, son. sister, and father. <laughs> Time has come today, Chambers brothers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Little music trivia. <laughs> oh my goodness! But yeah, we have um, we have a full list of all of our sponsors on um, the Gala website. We have um, so many, so many sponsors, um, and we just want to thank every single one of them. But if you have a minute, you want to take a look, learn more about the Gala, see who's supporting us this year. The website is eveninginthestacks.org, um, and you can go to see. Um, all of the information about this year and that's also where next year you'll find the information about how to um, uh, come on board as a sponsor how to buy tickets when tickets are going to go on sale etc so we're already um, starting to plan for next year as well which is a little bit insane probably on our part but we're super excited it's, it's really one of the most fun events of the year oh absolutely absolutely uh, cannot wait uh, and mood swings will be there and what time you guys play, was it from 7? So the gala starts at 7, yes. Okay. Yep. And we're going to have, um, didn't we have a proposal, a wedding proposal last year? Uh, we did, exactly. correct? Yeah, yes, right yes. on stage. Right. Okay. Proposal, yeah. Yeah, I can't it? share too much information. I don't want to give away any secrets for what's going on this year. Oh, there so. is going to be something. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that there's going to be a wedding proposal. I'm just saying whatever, whatever fun things are going to happen, I don't well, want to spoil right. anyone's night. We'll call Jim and Barb Richardson and see what we can find out. <laughs> uh, okay, great. Bef uh, so before we break, we have to do two thingamabobs. Sure. Uh, very short. Um Three. My favorite tweet of the week is um, uh, it was a, a man talking to a woman. Um, it was between them, and they had broken up. Um, and he said to her, don't you want to be the son in my life? And she said, uh, no, I'm sorry. She said to him, do you want like that joke that's going to go bad. He's, he's, it's already gone bad. Now. Do you want... This is called ad-libbing. Oh, no, she says, oh, so you want to be the son in my life. He said, yes. She said, good, then stay 92,376,000 miles away from me. <laughs> and... Uh, Enlightening. And my favorite court, court transcript of the week is, we may have done this already. Um, and what was the first thing your husband said to you when he woke that morning? He said, where am I, Kathy? And why did that upset you? My name is Susan. <laughs> oh, no. And finally, some words of inspiration. Follow your dream, unless it's the one where you're working your underwear during a fire drill. <laughs> and so we're going to end with some twisting night away. So, Jen, if you want to give us our sign-off. Yes, that's all the time we have for the Hartford Edge. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Tell you about a place somewhere up in New York way where the people are so gay, twisting the night away. Yeah, they have a lot of fun, putting trouble on the run. Man, you find the old and the young, twisting the night away. Yeah, twisting, twisting, everybody's feeling great. Twisting, twisting, yeah, twisting the night away.
Twisting, twisting, yeah, twisting the night. Let's twist the wild. Hey. 